Blog Talk Radio. I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met Diamond Dallas Page. Started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP yoga. It's Nacho Mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP Yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP Yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP. Radio. Well, 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 hello, hello, my friends. It is another episode of GDP Radio live right here at GDPRadio.com. As always, my name is Michael D. Mullins. And this afternoon, I drove into the garage here at the DDP Radio Megaplex. I parked in the VIP head honcho section. I was escorted to the golden elevators. The VIP executive elevators took all the way up to the penthouse suite, climbed up that penthouse suite, scurried up the fire pole that leads to the section on the rooftop where all the magic happens. And on top of that rooftop, I climbed rung by rung, on top of the radio tower, on top of DDP radio, and I took my laser laser eyes, and I bolted them, and I blasted them all the way up to the great white north, and in that moment, a bear tried to fight me, and I threw the bear off, and a moose tried to fight me, and I threw the moose off, <laughs> and I did that because I will do anything I can to reach my co-host and create radio magic every Wednesday night, and that is just what happens Crystal Stewart, welcome back to GDP Radio. We are here. It is October 31st, November something. I don't even know. It's all flying together. Happy Halloween, whatever. (laughs) Crystal, how are you? It's been a long week. Um, It's November 3rd, (laughs) just so you know. Well, Um, that's probably probably why my neighbors were a little freaked out when I banged on their door in my Michael Myers mask asking for candy. <laughs> oh, and by Michael man. Myers, I mean the Canadian uh, Wayne's World guy, not the, the monster. <laughs> I was gonna say, right? Which one? <laughs> you need to clarify with me. <laughs> but I know, that. right? Oh, <laughs> uh, how are you? Um, cold. But other than that, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we were off last week because I was uh, traveling up to uh, New England to meet my niece and see some family. I'm originally from that area. And I got to tell you, we've been down here in uh, North Carolina for seven years now, and I have lost any kind of tolerance for the cold. Uh, I fly, huh. We drive up there several hours, and the night we get there, a nor'easter blasts New England and we're holed up in the uh, hotel room just shivering and ordering takeout. So already on, off to a great start, as usual. Yeah, we're – I'm in Canada, which I'm sure everybody knows. But, yeah, we have now hit negative temperatures. So 
It's coming. Well, luckily for you, it's going to be a, an on-fire episode of DDP Radio tonight. So hopefully we'll melt all the ice and the cold around you and uh, and uh, we'll create a furnace of motivation and inspiration and all that <laughs> stuff. And hopefully if we do our job right, we can probably warm up. Uh, without any further ado, I, I, we do have a Warrior of the Week this week. And Crystal, yeah. I know that despite the fact that I was traveling and I was off, I know that you have worked very hard pulling together some amazing <laughs> guests. I, I think we're already booked into uh, the next decade, so uh, you're doing awesome with that. But uh, with your hard work, you do a lot of great research, and I'd love to uh, have you explain to us and introduce our Warrior of the Week for this week, uh, if you will. Now, I have to be very honest. I <laughs> I. I'm not very computer literate and I lost my computer crash and I lost absolutely everything. So, you know, I'm scrambling to try and figure out who was in what day because really I live by my computer. But anyway, to make a long story short, I don't really know how to say Maria's name properly. So if I butcher it, please forgive me. Um, so this week's Warrior of the Week is Maria. Oh, I'm going to so mess this up. Yenez Pacalier. Pac- oh, it was Pac- so close. I really want to oh. go for it. So close. Yenez was pretty good. Um, it just depends on where you're from, if you're pronouncing it in the Spanish way or um, the American accent. or And then it's Pacaler is how my husband's family Pacaler. says it, but actually in French is Pacaille. So who knows how to pronounce any of it. Um, the kids well, at school call me Dean P, so that's what I go by. Well, see, I'm only like maybe four hours away from Quebec. So, yeah, everything is French here. So, I was trying to make sense of the French, but then I thought, well, maybe it's not French. And oh man, <laughs> he's not I'm, French. I, so how could that be? <laughs> I apologize. Well, that, no, I was no totally going to say it. I was totally going to say it the right way. I'm sure you were. <laughs> I should let you try oh. first. My bad. <laughs> no, don't let me try. I, I'll just claim victory <laughs> without trying. Um, Got it. <laughs> how are you? Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Good. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm just uh, hanging out after a long week of school. It always feels like the week should be over, but it's only halfway through. So uh, doing pretty well. Awesome. Wow. Uh, well, well, we'll get into that uh, in a little bit because I want to I want to ask you about how the school year has been with everything going on and, and all the changes and stuff of how you've adjusted to it. Uh, but first things first. We always start off the show with one question, DDPY Warrior of the Week. Every superhero has an origin story. If you were uh, a superhero and DDPY is your superpower, what took you to the place where DDPY was something you'd like to to start? Obviously, uh, you came to it from somewhere. What were the circumstances that made you initially take that jump? So having been overweight, I would say my entire life, but then I actually, like, saw some pictures my mom has been cleaning out her house because her mom is moving in with her and um she was just cleaning out and found a bunch of pictures and I actually saw myself as a kid and I was like oh it really wasn't as bad as I think I perceived it to be so I'm trying to change that narrative in my head but really I mean yeah I've always been a taller kid and even like 
I was an inch taller than I am now when I was 11. So I, I'm 5'5". Five, five. So I was 5'6 when I was 11 years old, just really tall kid, grew really fast and then just stopped and actually shrunk due to back problems. So um, I was like almost a full grown adult in an elementary school. And it led to a lot of, you would think like people um, would be, you know, intimidated by that, but it led to a lot of term bullying. But I think this, um, a perception of myself that I didn't appreciate and that I think other people uh, kind of put onto me. I think assumptions were made and I just kind of turned to food my whole life. Um, I remember in the summer going in from sixth grade to seventh grade, um, I, my mom and I, because my mom is, was also overweight, um, did a diet program. And I want to say I lost like 60 pounds or something in that, in that time alone. And I was still like 180 pounds. Like it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty like, shouldn't have been that big. Um, and it, it was okay because I was taller and uh, I held, I held, hold it well, but um, going into high school, you know, started just my priorities were shifting. And by the end of high school, I was 330 pounds. Um, going into college, very depressed, um, you know, wanting to stay in my dorm room all the time. I actually remember calling my psychiatrist and telling them I'm having trouble sleeping and she asked, well, what time do you go to bed? And I was like, uh, normally like 8 o'clock. And she said, well, what time do you wake up? And I was like, normally like 8 o'clock. And she's like, so you're trying to sleep for like 12 hours? And I was like, there's nothing else to do. Like I, I was very depressed. Uh, and then in 2011, when I was a senior in college, I don't know, I have my dates wrong. But I was, I was in college at the time. Um, I actually got the weight loss surgery, the gastric sleeve. And when I got that, I was like 330 pounds and I lost, I got down to 202 pounds. That's the last time I remember looking at the scale. And it like, I feel like I didn't do any work with it. I felt like I had found a magical cure like this, you know, I can eat whatever I want and I can do whatever I want and I'm just going to keep losing weight and I'm going to have this life that I've always, you know, wanted. And, um, you know, life happened and I, uh, started, you know, dating and I started becoming social and I ended up meeting, uh, my now husband. And, uh, by the time I met him, I had already gained back like 40 pounds and that's not a good thing when your stomach is the size of a banana, essentially. So that meant that I was doing some damage, but I didn't care because I was happy or what I perceived to be happy. So I just kind of put it to the side. Um, it in February, 2020, I was, um, 29 years old and I weighed 363 pounds again. I had completely stretched my stomach back out. Um, the, uh, surgery, like I could eat a whole pizza plus a dessert and, you know, and still like chug a whole thing, like a two liter of soda. Like I was not living a very healthy lifestyle. And thinking back to that now, I'm realizing like just how unhealthy it was, but in not just like physically healthy, not healthy. It was like mentally unhealthy to be doing all that. So uh, Vance's video the year before in 2019 
And he's actually very close to me here in Texas. I think we're only like 30 minutes apart or something, but he, um, you know, having lost 198 pounds in a year being like 500 something pounds, I was like, no, I can do this. This is something I can do. I, I have a bad knee. I had a ACL replacement when I was 14. And so it's just been hard. I I can make up any excuse to, um, not work out and my knee is my go-to. So Maria, I'm sorry to interrupt. Did you say ACL or MCL? ACL. ACL. Okay. Sorry. I I just didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Oh, no problem. And, uh, so I needed something that was high intensity, but low impact. So in 2019, I, I actually got DDPY and, but I didn't change my eating. I, and I actually gained 30 pounds. So by February, 2020, 363 pounds, I realized I'm going to be 30 this year. My husband and I are, you know, we've wanted to start a family, but you know, it just kept, kept getting put off, kept getting put off. And we were finally put in a situation to where we can start a family, you know, financially, you know, we have a house, we're all set up to do it, except I'm not healthy enough to do that. So that was my why was I wanted to be healthy enough to have a baby. So I started February 17th, 2020 and just kept going. I really just started with nutrition, um, getting that right. And then um, getting in, in that, getting my head right. uh, That's, you know, still a work in progress, but every day I think it gets a little bit stronger. And by November, 2020, I had lost a hundred pounds. And by, I guess now I'm, I'm down 170 pounds a year, uh, a year and a half later, I guess. I don't even know how many months that is almost two years. So down 170 pounds, um, and never looking back. Wow. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. That's a lot of hard work. Like that's incredible. Wow. Um, congratulations. That's such an amazing story. I, I got to take you back to the beginning for a second because you, you said something that really resonated with me um, mm-hmm. about being, you know, a, a big kid, but not really perceiving your, you know, you, you, uh, in your head, you perceived yourself much larger than you were. Um, mm-hmm. I, I relate to that so much. You know, I look back at pictures of myself and I remember being in that space thinking that my identity in my school was the big, fat, disgusting kid. And I look at that now and I said, I wouldn't think that about anybody looking at me. Like I would see an average kid, but in my head, I was, I was so overweight. And I think that sets you up for, I think it sets you up early for, uh, for kind of screwing up your head when it comes to your own self-image. Um, yeah. And it, I, I, it's something I, I, I really related to when you were talking about that. Because even, I always say that there's a difference, even when you're dieting, you could, have, you could be unhealthy about food. Or when you're eating mm-hmm. well, because um, I always struggled, uh, struggled with an unhealthy relationship to food. So even when I was at my best, I was so obsessed with every aspect of my food that it was still unhealthy the way I, I, I lived with it. And I think that started off early. And, and when you said that, it really just clicked with me. And I was wondering, looking back now uh, and looking back to who you were, was your headspace uh, you know, you said you looked at it uh, differently as an adult. In your headspace, did you see yourself as that as a kid? Or did you see yourself as, you know, I'm an average kid with a little bit to, uh, I could lose a little weight, but, or did you, did those two realities match along the way? I think I agree with what you were talking about, about how I perceived myself to be this big, 
person. So let me just be that. And I think that that is what led to this unhealthy relationship with food. I guess it was, um, you know, I, I felt like there was a lot of pressure on me from my mother who was also overweight, who also has struggled with her weight her whole life and um, her relationship with food. And then going to my friend's house who were just tiny little, little people um, who could eat whatever they want and they had all the snacks at their house. And so then when I would go there, I would binge eat basically. And I, I, remember specifically those they're called like the cosmic brownies or something my one friend always had them and I I would just take the box like it their box would be gone and that's supposed to last you like a week to go into your lunch or whatever so it was um I I think if I'm following your question my my perception of myself definitely um on what what I perceive to be an eating disorder mm-hmm Ooh. Well, yeah, well, you know, I mean, it just, it made sense to me. And uh, for the record, I am very aware of the cosmic brownie. Um, yeah. But no, I'm, I'm, I just was just wondering, cause um, it's interesting to me. And, and, you know, you talked about your, your, your mother and, and, you know, it's just, it's something that we all deal with. And I, I looking back as an adult, it's, it's difficult because you want to encourage your child to healthy, to be healthy, but also mm-hmm. at that age, it's tiptoeing that line between, you know, damaging psychologically and also making sure they're aware of, of healthy food and stuff. So I, I empathize with that quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously we, we all, you know, take our own path eventually, but, yeah. you know, you know, when you uh, started to gain weight a little bit more, um, was it something you found yourself, you know, eating out of depression, eating out of boredom, you know, what, what was the circumstances that really made you, uh, you know, start eating to the point where you were gaining weight? Uh, definitely depression. In high school, I was diagnosed with depression and an anxiety disorder. And that was, that's a hereditary thing for me on my father's side. And um, I was on medication uh, for that and just trying to deal with it. And then I, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was boredom. I would say it was just loneliness and depression and food has always been there for me. So, and then, and then gaining independence in high school too. Now I have a car, I have a job, like I can go and get my own food. I don't need to depend on my mom to go to the grocery store. And that was when it really, really ramped up. It's like, it's like an acceptable drug at that age. You know, you can't drink, you're not old enough to do drugs and you know, food is, is what makes everything better. Mm-hmm. And I worked at Chick-fil-A. I don't know if y'all have Chick-fil-A's, but they're pretty great. I don't. Uh, yeah, enough you don't, said. but I, yeah, enough <laughs> said. It's, it's really, it's uh, working there. I want to say I gained so much weight there as well. And um, I, even today, like I, I, I love Chick-fil-A, but I, there's not very many things that I choose to eat there anymore because at this point food doesn't make me feel good. It's, it's like, I, I eat to fuel as opposed to eat to live or not. That doesn't make sense, but like living to eat, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, oh, go ahead, Crystal. Sorry ahead. about that. No, I was just going to say, so how much do you think all of this, uh, how hard was it to change your mentality around food? That, that so, had to be huge. Yeah. I'll say um, I had heard it a lot 
of people talking about like, well, it's a lifestyle change and you can't call it a diet because that, you know, um, implies temporary. Um, It's really just how you're going to choose. And the, the one piece of advice that I kept hearing over and over and over again was don't do something that you can't commit to as a lifestyle because you're, right. what's going to happen if you do all these extreme diets is you're going to lose the weight, but it's not going to stay because then you're going to go back to how you were eating. Or even if you change it a little bit, you're going to go back to how you're eating and you're just going to gain it all back. And that's what the yo-yo dieting yep. and yo-yo weight, weight losses has been happening. So I knew that that wasn't something that I wanted to do. And um, I will say, I think, uh, you know, having going into lockdown, you know, it, being a, uh, working in a school, I, um, you know, I, I was out of a job, basically. I mean, I was still getting paid. I was still working, but, like, I didn't go into the school every day anymore And um, in, in March 2020, and we didn't go back until August. So I had a lot of time to really just sit there with my thoughts. And, you know, even going to the grocery store was terrifying. So that, that I think also, and I didn't go, my husband would go for me and he was going to be our designated person to leave the house and all that. And uh, so he, you know, I, I uh, made sure like he only got me things that, you know, I, I could eat and the, the relationship with food part, I think it's, it's still a work in progress. Um, I, at first I was doing, I don't want to call it keto cause I, I didn't do keto, but it was just basically no carbs. I did meat and vegetables and that was it. Um, I didn't really care about what my fat intake was. And so that's why I feel like it's not keto, but I was doing, um, meat and vegetables and that's honestly how I lost my first hundred pounds. And then, um, when I hit that milestone, uh, I binge eat eight for a month and I, realized okay um that didn't work like I, I this is exactly what I said I didn't want to do but in my head I was like oh I, I reached my goal I guess I'm done now and I can reward myself with food and so then I got to a place where I didn't want to be anymore so I had to analyze that and go okay what triggered that what just happened and analyzing how you know I I felt more relaxed because I had met a goal and I'm rewarding myself with food okay I reward myself with food. I can't do that anymore. What are situations in which I would reward myself with food? How can I catch myself when I feel like, like what are my thought processes going into I'm rewarding myself, let's get food. And so in any situation then I would think like, okay, um, I had a great first day of school. Let's go get food. No, we're not doing that. Or um, even I had a bad day at school today. Let's food. No, we're not doing that. Um, it just, finding those mental triggers and stopping them, you know, calling them for what they are, stopping them, and then figuring out what to do instead. Um, I will say my um, degree is in applied behavior analysis, which Uh. I love. (laughs) I really, it's my jam. But uh, Uh it's going back to that, you know, antecedent behavior consequence, that's, that's the basis of all behavior. And I really broke down like that for myself. And I had used it for kids for years at that point. Um, And I've always been very successful using it for other people. And I was like, you know, I deserve to 
to use it for myself as well. So it's really been a lot of antecedent behavior consequence and analyzing those situations, making sure that those stimuli that are affecting my behaviors are, are either addressed or combated or, um, you know, avoided. So I, I married um, someone who is a thinker and my dad is a psychologist. So, mm-hmm. right, I, <laughs> I know exactly where you're coming from. Um, right. So what is, your, what is your food that would catch you all the time? Is it sweets? Like, are you a sweet person or were you a sweet person? Or no, were you definitely no? more of a savory person. And I actually, oh, really? I don't that's like the 23andMe, t- uh, like spit in the tube test or whatever. Uh, yeah, we were yeah. doing it because of our, um, we wanted to see if we had any genetic markers because, you know, our, our goal is to um, have a kid. But we, we, so we wanted to see if we had any genetic markers. And actually one of the things it tells you, it tells you a bunch of dumb stuff about yourself. Like some, some of the stuff my, one of my coworkers was really upset about. He was like, it says you have green eyes. Like I, I'm looking at you and I can tell you have green eyes. Like you didn't need to pay this money. And I was like, okay, thank you. So I, uh, <laughs> but one of the things they said is you are more likely to crave savory food over sweet food. And I, when I thought about that, I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like, Sure, ice cream is a thing. I like it. But if I'm, like, going to binge on something, I'm binging on some Chick-fil-A. I'm binging on their French fries. I'm binging on uh, wings. I'm binging on French fries. You know, I'm binging on the savory stuff, salty stuff. Yep. And that actually led to um, getting that information actually led me to, in uh, in December of 2020, changing um what i was eating i've been really successful with just meat and vegetables but um i wanted to try a plant-based diet so that i could still eat things like potatoes and rice and uh just you know avoiding gluten that way so uh in december 2020 i stopped eating meat and i thought oh i'm gonna feel weak oh i'm not gonna feel very good and i feel fantastic and i didn't even know that i like, well, I, I didn't realize I felt awful until now I feel fantastic. So right. uh, this switched it over. And so the last, you know, 70 pounds I've lost without meat. I, I've been eating potatoes. I've been eating rice. Uh, I've been eating um, starches. And I've not only felt better physically, but mentally because I'm meeting those savory needs that I wasn't meeting um, with, without the, the starches, the carbs. I think it's a really important lesson that you have just talked about that, you know, it's, it's, it's a task to come face to face with your booby traps, but Mm -hmm. it is, um, your story is, is really part and parcel that you can overcome them and then rearrange your life to make better choices. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Because, you know, working in a school, there's food all the time. All that's the how time. we get kids to do anything is you just hold candy in front of them and that's how you get them to do anything. And there's just <laughs> a plethora of candy. And then teachers, teachers love getting DoorDash where they, they order in food, they go out to eat food. And my school last year had a fantastic salad place just right down the street. And I love that place. And I got moved about 20 miles away from my uh, old school. And now I'm in a brand new school, brand new building, brand new kids, brand new everything. And it's only around fast food. And so my options have completely 
disappeared. And, and that was, again, like a thing where, okay, so what do I need to do to make sure that I am successful? Um, I can't rely on getting lunch. You know, I can't, and there are right. even times, you know, I can't even necessarily rely that my husband's going to get to go grocery shopping and that I'll be prepared. So I can't, if, if I'm making my food choices, I need to be responsible for being prepared for those food choices because it's not about, I, I can't let other people's choices and decisions affect what my day looks like, what my goals are how I'm meeting those goals, or even how I feel that day. Um, I'm responsible for those things, so I, I can't let other people have input on that. Yay, that makes me so happy. The, the stereotype of the office and cake is, is so true. You know, everyone's oh, birthday, there's a cake there. I, I gained the most weight when I was working in an, in an office full-time doing radio and stuff. We do Chinese food for dinner. Then there's, everyone's got a birthday some weeks, and it's, they just leave the cake sitting there. And that's for me, it's like, you know, and an in, in addict in a, in a room full of drugs by himself. I'm just, you know, going to town and stuff. And it, and it is. It's weird how, you know, one thing that really baffles me is how there's still, like, skinny people in an office. Because I'd be there. I'm like, I gained 30 pounds walking past the cake, and there you're still. But, you know, she's probably exercising yeah. on top of it. Right. And, you know, teachers love language is food. Like, that's, that's what we get them for anything. I, I, even today mm-hmm. – a person was selling insurance and he asked, can I just talk to your staff about selling insurance and I'll bring you guys cakes. And he got us all individual cakes and he got me a gluten-free cake. And I was like, Oh my gosh, thank you. And so I brought it home and I'm very proud of myself. I only took a bite of it and you know, it's going to stay in there and, and uh, you know, hang out until I finish it. But it's not something where I'm like, it's a cake. Let me binge it because I haven't had cake in forever. So um, it's just, uh, you know, it's a little trophy of mental growth in my refrigerator as opposed to a, you know, a tempting piece of cake in my refrigerator. It, it is very <laughs> difficult, too. It's almost torturous. I mean, I remember walking past there and just and focusing it all day. Even when I passed up on it, it haunted mm-hmm. me for the day. I really did have oh. that really psychological messed up kind of relationship with it. And there have been times where here like in my bedroom crying because I want french fries and I have to go okay Maria that's stupid like it's french fries there I have I see kids every day um, who go through just such awful situations that they have to deal with and I'm sitting here upset because um, if I go and eat french fries I feel like I'm going to get fat again and not that it's not a legitimate thing not that it's not a real feeling but to me, thinking about all the other people who are going through, like, really real stuff and seeing the inspirational stories on, you know, the DDP Yoga Facebook page and everything, I'm like, no, this, this, the French fries are not worth it. Like, we got to move on. And so how, how can I move on? But what's, what's something good on TV? What's a book that I need to read? Um, how can I get my mind off of that? Uh, because if I'm fixating on it, I'm, I'm just going to binge. The other thing, though, on the flip side of that is, if that thought to me, if that thought keeps popping up and it keeps popping up and I keep depriving myself of it, I have to go get a small French fry because I, what's going to end up happening is I'm going to fall into a situation where uh, there's going to be, you know, a pound of French fries and I'm going to down the whole thing. So I have to give into my, um, what, what did somebody call it? I, I forget what it was called, but I have to give into that temptation sometimes just a little bit so that I don't overboard myself later. 
Well, it is a strategy too. You know, it's it yeah. is something. Sometimes you you take the lesser of the evils in that situation. Mhm. Mhm. And yeah, the other thing that I've had to learn is to give myself some grace. Uh, when I tried losing weight a couple of years ago. Um, I did really well for about three months, and I actually lost, like, 50 pounds in three months uh, just, you know, eating meat and vegetables, meat and vegetables, no carbs, no carbs, no carbs, uh, or I should say refined carbs. And um, the second I had, I realized there were there was carbs in something that I had ate, and I didn't realize it until after I ate it. I was like, well, I ruined my day and I just binged the rest of the day. And then the next, I was like, I'll get back on tomorrow. And I didn't, I just continued and gained back what I had lost plus some. So I mm. like binge eating, like that, that's my thing. That's, that's what I do to um, really just like hurt myself. Cause, cause that's what it is. I mean, it's painful uh, to, to really eat that much. And um, I, I can't, let myself do that so I do have to give in every so often with just a little bit of something and then giving myself grace for that and not say okay your day's ruined let's go binge it's and you know now you're you're going to gain back the 170 pounds you've lost like the french fries aren't going to kill me I the scale may go up it may go down it nothing may happen at all but I have to give myself a little bit of grace because again this is a lifestyle and it's not something I can commit to for a lifestyle it's not going to work Mm-hmm. It's 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 a, once again a, an unhealthy relationship with food that all or nothing. I I've been through this quite yeah. a few times, and I I was embarrassed. You know, every time I gained weight back, I was embarrassed to reshow myself in public because I was I was so mm-hmm. you know not cocky and arrogant, but like proud and boastful, and I was you know I show it off. So when <laughs> things start to go difficult, I I disappeared and I'd go into the background and stuff. And I, I realized in that situation that me personally, that my obsession with food and my obsession with not eating food were becoming the same thing. And when I turned mm-hmm. my life into really just analyzing situation by situation, and I'm like, well, I'm right here right now. What's the best thing I can do in this moment? You know, this, this is what's available. What's the best thing I can do? And that made it mm-hmm. a lifestyle, it made it more manageable instead of obsessive yeah. and de- depriving. Right. And then being mad at yourself for a right. situation to where, like, that was the best I could do. It's not what I set out to do, but that was the best I could do. Mm-hmm. And that's a victory, you know, choosing the yeah. best thing in that moment. Because it would have been easy to say, they don't have anything, I'm going with the worst option. Yeah. Might as well. Yeah. I won't get this opportunity again. <laughs> that all or nothing thinking, absolutely. And then, so then it's scorched I... earth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and I think it's really important, Maria, to to recognize how you're talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, it, it's really easy to be hard on yourself. And it's really easy to surround yourself with people that are willing to admonish you for something that you're doing that perhaps they aren't doing. Like, you know, Hypothetically, let's say your best friend's skinny and you weren't. It's really easy to kind of put yourself in a weird headspace mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm not like everyone else and why are, you know, why are things so hard for me? It's really easy to go down that rabbit hole. So I'm really proud of you to, sl- to really stop and celebrate all the small little successes that you have had because eventually it turns into a big success and it's obvious that you've done that. 
Yeah, yeah, you have to celebrate those little milestones. Uh, and to me, it was learning how to celebrate those milestones without food. And, and then even once I realized that I could do that, again, that was another milestone that I met. And some days are good, some days are bad, but just giving myself grace. And um, it, it's also, I think, helped me in my relationship with the kids at school. I, I, uh, when I was a teacher, I was very like, I have very high expectations and it worked. I, I, I'm a very successful teacher, um, but I have learned to give kids grace now of like, Oh, I, your, your thought process could be preventing you from doing this. How can I help you with your thought process on that? And uh, so it's really even helped me in all aspects of my life, you know, both, both personally and, and in my job. So um, just as an example, can you share with us just maybe what is one way that you would celebrate a small success other than food? Because yeah. a lot of people don't really know what to focus on. Yeah, I'm really big on love languages, uh, the five love languages. And mine is quality time and um, acts of service. Those are my big ones. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, I, I will, you know, the obvious ones of like, I get to, you know, I just cleaned out my closet and that was really fun because I got rid of a ton of clothes and there's so much space in my closet now, but, um, also, uh, just spending time, like let's go out for the day and spending time with my husband and, and doing things that I could do that I can't, I couldn't do before, uh, right. my, my school even, you know, we, uh, we, my district rented out six flags. And so we all got to go on the roller coasters with no lines. And I was getting on every single roller coaster because I wouldn't have dared to go to six flags when I was 363 pounds in fear of being turned away. Cause I know I wouldn't have fit on it. And I, there was actually, you know, I, I saw people who at, in my district who were turned away, who were, who were bigger people. And I know I was bigger than some of them. So I was definitely like, I'm going to celebrate by going on all of these rides. And I absolutely did. Or um, even walking down um, a street uh, without feeling like I'm, everybody's looking at me like that, that in and of itself is a celebration. Um, That's something that I felt like I couldn't do. And I now can. So um, just getting out there and doing things that uh, I, I couldn't have done before, whether it was a physical limitation or a mental one. Yeah, I understand it. I I really do. Um, you know, when when you lose a lot of weight, you know, obviously everything changes. Um, I always say some of the best changes are the ones that like come along gradually along the way. Like you regain your ability to do this, or you realize I can do this, and those things happen mm-hmm. every day. I, one of the worst things about, you know, being overweight, in my perspective, is it's an uncomfortable life. It's an uncomfortable life. It's, it, everything is uncomfortable, hard to find a place mm-hmm. to sit. You know, you're, you're wondering, you know, or I'm wondering, is this chair going to support me? And suddenly when you, you lose weight, you realize uh, you start gaining parts of your life, life back that you kind of just took for granted. What are some things yeah. that, you know, that's a lot of weight that you've lost. What are some things that you realized along the way that were just these small moments that you realized, oh, wow, these are real changes? Yeah. Uh, being, you know, in education, I, have, I go to a lot of kids' sports. I get invited to a lot of those. So um, sitting in those, those lawn chairs 
and not feeling like I'm going to, because I've broken those, uh, feeling like I'm not going to break those or um, getting to go out there and play with the kids at recess. Um, that's, that's been a big one. Um, doing my laundry, just bending down to do my laundry is another one. Um, there's, there's been quite a few things where I'm like, oh, now this is something I can do. I actually even today, so on Wednesdays we do clubs uh, during the day, and I started doing a, I call it It's Not Yoga Club uh, because I was like, I don't know, I'm not an instructor, so I'm not going to call it DDPY, but we're doing the DDPY free kid workouts that are online. Um, but I just like, I'm not going to use the name and then, you know, uh, get sued or something. So I'm, I'm calling it a, it's not yoga club. And when kids ask me what it is, I'm like, you're just going to have to come and see. And so I have a whole club of kids and, and we look on the Facebook page at all the really cool stories and all the cool things that people are doing. And, um, we actually, even just today, I just posted about it on the, uh, DDP yoga Facebook page, the group. And, uh, it's that one where you're in a lunge and you reach your arm through, your leg and you grab it with your other arm behind your back. So that's like the first part. And then the second part is you then stand with your Mm -hmm. arms still like that. And then the third part is you kick your leg out and you're like in a, in a roundhouse kick, but your arms are wrapped around your leg. And I had seen it done before. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. I would never be able to do that. And the kids, (laughs) every time they see a cool thing, they're like, can you do that? And I'm like, I don't know, let's try. And so I had, we had a lot of fun trying to do that. And then I, I, on my first try, I did it. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know I could do that. And so it was, it's things like that where you get to celebrate those things of uh, that was super cool. Um, the other thing was I just submitted my um, Positively Unstoppable Challenge video. And I saw just from January to June. And by January, I was already like 120 pounds down. Uh, and so by, from January to June when I ended, there was one where it's you're leaning back on your knees. So you're on your knees and you lean back um, so that your back is on the ground. And I couldn't even get at an angle that was like, oh, I I, I was on my knees and I couldn't even lean back at all. And by June, I was all the way flat on the floor. And I I never thought my knees would be able to do that. Uh, so in terms of like those workout things, like that's been, that's been cool. But, you know, just the daily life things, I, we had to get me a new car in 2019 because I couldn't fit in my Prius anymore. Um, and now my husband drives me around, he has the Prius and, and he drives me around in the passenger seat. And I love that I can fit in the seat. I was in an airplane and the seatbelt fits. That's the first time I haven't ever had to ask for an extender or get a second seat. Um, it's, it's, things like that, just the, the daily things, but then also the really, really cool, fun moments, the big ones. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible story, and I love to hear it. It's, 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 it's inspiring, and I can tell that you're going to be both a great mom and a great educator because, you know, when you do have those weight problems, as I had my whole life, you do gain a certain bit of empathy. You you understand mm-hmm. things a little more, and it's one of those things that kids really, it's a hard thing. And I think between, you know, your real-world experience of, of being overweight and your very real-world experience of changing your life, I think you're going to continue to change a lot of lives. And I remember uh, when I, back to when I was a kid, and I would love to have somebody uh, in that position who would understand such things because – it's difficult and it's hard and you're already awkward and weird as a kid and just being yeah. made different on top of it. It would be great to have somebody who's been there to kind of help you kind of guide through it. 
Yeah. I even had a kid yesterday come crying to me about, and they're in fourth grade, about how um, they were wanting to fight each over each other over a girl uh, because it was so-and-so's girlfriend, but he wanted her to be his girlfriend. I was like, first of all, fourth grade girlfriend, not a real thing. That's not a thing. Like, you guys can like each other, but you stop calling each other that. It's not a thing. And he, he was upset because he was like, she doesn't, you know, none of the girls like me because I'm big. And um, I was like, sweetie, you just haven't stretched yet, first of all. But second of all, um, they're also in fourth grade and their opinions don't matter. Like, we, you got to get out of your heads with that because I, like, I know it feels like it matters now. And I, I've been there. I so 100% get it. But you got all this other stuff going for you and you got your whole life ahead of you. And you're, you're going to stretch, first of all. But second of all, you're, you're going to get to where you can meet your goals. Let's start with like your reading goal and your math goal. And once we see that you can start doing that, any goal you set for yourself, you're going to be able to achieve. So if that's something that you want to work on, let's do it. And uh, he, he got really into that and just kind of being uh, pumped up about that. And I even showed him my before and after pictures. I was like, I, I fully, I've been where you have been. And I'm telling you, there's a way out. I think that's one of the most amazing things about your your story is you're so willing to show people where you were to where you are now, and you're very mm-hmm. honest about the steps from point A to point B, and mm-hmm. you're taking the kids along with you. And I think that's an amazing thing because I don't think that they're always aware of the consequence of what they're doing. <laughs> They're never aware of consequences. Well, <laughs> never. Right. I, did, I didn't want to say never. <laughs> no, it's never. But, I can tell you, I have data on that. They never yeah, think about the I just, you know, and I think it's really important is that they know that they have options and it's fluid. And you know what? You can, you might not feel like a success right now, but if you work hard, you can. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important. I think no one really believes in them because they are small. And yeah. just because you're small doesn't mean you can't do something. So I I think them having you is an incredible advantage. Thank you. I, I love these kids so much. I was actually um, weak. I had to have a procedure done, and um, I, I had to recover for a couple of days. And so I was out for like a week and a half, and it was unexpected. And the, these kids, um, when I came back on Monday, uh, I, you know, I, I, as a, I'm an assistant principal. I'm, I'm the dean or the assistant principal at my school. So uh, right. they all pretty much know me. Like I, I did the announcements. Um, I'm, I'm um, the dean of second through fifth grade. So a majority of the building uh, are my kids specifically. And they, uh, uh, when I first came back, all of them were like, "Where were you?" And so <laughs> they are all up in my business. One of them saw my engagement ring and was like, oh, "You got married!" And I was like, "Girl, I've been married for like five years. What are you talking about?" And they were like, "Oh." And one of them was like, wait, so you're back for like good. And I'm like, yes, I'm, well, what do you, I, I would have told you if I was leaving. So they, uh, they're all very happy that, that I'm back now. This has been my third day back. And they, I, they still keep asking me where I was. I'm like, it's none of your business. They get all up in my business. I wore <laughs> eyeliner one day. They were like, who are you trying to impress? I'm like, you fifth graders. <laughs> I love them so much. 
really That's do. That's awesome. I, well, I, we're almost uh, time to go here. I can't believe how quickly it's gone. You know, I, first of all, I just want to say it's awesome what you're doing, and it's awesome what you're doing with the kids. And, and from personal experience, there's nothing more um, crucial in a young person's life than a teacher that they can trust and a teacher they feel comfortable right. going to and respect and, and going to, and, and it makes a huge difference. And I, mm-hmm. from my perspective also, they're not as common as you think. You know, kids put up a, a wall quite a bit, and to be willing to Absolutely. have that relationship with those kids, I think, is a beautiful thing, and, and I commend you for that. You know, it's a hard job. Thanks. It's a hard gig. It is a hard job, but I I don't want to say I can't imagine myself doing anything else. There was definitely a point in the last year where I've been like, law school? Maybe I should go to law school. But I uh, <laughs> definitely, I every just hanging out and talking to these kids and seeing them improve, not just educationally, but in their own like personal ways, meeting their own personal goals um, is just, it's, it's so worth it. It's such a payoff. It really is very inspiring, Maria. Thank you. Well, you know, thank you very much for that and congratulations and, and, uh, you know, keep, keep inspiring the kids, keep inspiring yourself. I I look forward to having you back sometime on the show. Uh, Maybe after you guys have your own and, and uh, you guys do the uh, Positively Unstoppable Challenge. If you have anything you want to plug, any kind of website or Facebook or your Positively Unstoppable uh, page or anything like that, I'll give you a few uh, seconds if you want to do that. Cool. Uh, I have an Instagram. Uh, I get so many friend requests on Facebook, and I just have to set this boundary of if I haven't met you in person or like we haven't had like a conversation via messenger that's been like in depth and more than just like, Hey, how are you? You look great. Cool. Thank you. Like I, I'm not going to accept a friend request. I just can't. It's I got personal stuff on there. It's for friends and family. So I have an Instagram though, that's called Maria hates the gym. Cause that's a hundred percent true where I put up all of my um, weight loss stuff, which, you know, I'm not out there giving advice. It's more just like, here I lost weight and people like seeing that. So they like following it. But um, I, I put out, you know, recipes as being, you know, vegetarian and gluten-free. There's, there's not a whole lot. You, you really limit yourself on that. So I have some recipes on there that uh, I don't want to say like I put up the actual recipe, but I'll show you where to get it. Um, I, I really just kind of um, show you what my lifestyle is. And, and if you go for it and you make it your own, that's super cool. So my Instagram is Maria hates the gym and if you friend me on Facebook, don't take it personally. I'm glad you said that because I, that's my exact rule, and I feel so awkward and weird about it. But I, it's something that you – I just have – it's 2021. I just don't want to have the world having access to my personal life, and it's something yeah. personal. So I'm, I'm so glad you said that because I, I, it's something that I struggle with because obviously you meet some amazing people and stuff, but you've got to keep that personal space too. You know, you have a place for uh, – for everybody in a place for, uh, you know, personal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I appreciate that. And uh, I will definitely check out your Instagram. Congratulations on the Positively Unstoppable. I can't wait to see where that goes. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. And yeah. I'd love for you to come back sometime and uh, and give awesome. us an update. Yeah, I, uh, I was asking, even as I was submitting it, you know, obviously winning would be super cool, but I was really, you know, when I started, I was very much like, oh, I, I want to win. I have to win. I should win. I deserve to win. But now I'm really just like, I'm just happy where I'm at. So here's this video. Hope, hope you'll like it. Hope it gets me some money maybe, but 
really, whoever wins is going <laughs> to 110% deserve it. Everybody in that group is just so amazing. Everyone is just so inspiring. And, and if it's not me, congratulations to whoever it was because they 100% deserve it. The best thing about that is, too, is you're all working very hard. So even the losers win because you're in better shape oh, than absolutely. ever, and you're all just really crushing it. So that's, I, that's, I'm a winner. Even if I never got into that challenge, I'm already a winner. So it's it's a, it's a really cool, cool thing. And so you, you know you the winners are never the ones who were like, oh, yeah, I was gunning for it. It's the people who are like, no, I did this for me. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. And, uh, you know, congratulations. Thank you for coming on with us. And uh, we appreciate it. Wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. You guys have a great rest of your day. You, you too. too. Uh, it was awesome Bye-bye. to talk to her. Uh, I talked to Maria there. She was she was wonderful. Thank you very much for uh, putting that together, Crystal. Uh, you do oh, you're uh, welcome. great work every week doing all this research and finding us some amazing stories. And every week when I tell you, I don't think you can top last week, you always, you'll always at least match it. So we, we're just constantly uh, <laughs> bringing out great stories. And the thing about the stories here is I love that everyone can find something to relate. Like you may listen to a story and like, oh, that's inspiring. But that person, I don't see myself in there. But next week there's somebody else that you see, or, you know. And the best way to inspire somebody is to look into someone's story and find pieces of yourself that you relate to it and pieces of yourself that you can see in other people because you realize that there's a lot more um, strength in, in, in likeness. You know, I'm inspired by people who I can see myself in. And, and I think that's amazing. Uh, part of the thing we do here is we, we share stories that inspire people to have their own weight loss journeys or their own DDPY journeys. And then uh, I wouldn't, uh, so many times we've had someone come on who was inspired by a story to initially start GDPY and then they have their own story uh, a few months, years later. So uh, thank you so much for all your hard work you put into, uh, you know, uh, digging into the community and, and, and pulling out some amazing people to talk to. Thank you very much. You know, it, the community is so full of so many people and just when you think that you've met everyone you there's another community to go to so there's a wealth of people to to constantly pull from and I think one of the greatest things is is I'm not afraid to do my research and that is usually what happens when we have a guest is you know I've read up and something has resonated on some level and you just go from there. And I guess there's, you, you don't have any better to do. I think your door jams are probably frozen up there in Canada and can't get out of the house anyways, right? <laughs> kind of cold. Kind of cold. Leave it to me to take a nice moment and, and turn it into a, a joke. That's what I do. All right. Well, let's get out of here. I, I depend on you every week to, uh, to, yep. to send us off with a quote of the week. And this week is yep. no better. is no different. So, uh, Let's do this. Let's head down to your dungeon, get your staff of writers that are constantly crafting quotes to send up a good one, and let's fire us off in the next week. Sure. So this week's quote is from Henry Ford, and the quote is, you can't build a reputation on what you were going to do. Ah, I like that one. And it, uh, it's, I, it hits close to home and is also very insulting. I guess I didn't qualify for the Olympics this year again, so I'll take that as and use it as motivation. That's okay. You can come up for the Canadian Olympics. Shh, I'm cutting out. Shh.
<laughs> right? All right, Crystal. We'll, All right. We'll see you guys next week. I'm coming to Chris. I'm coming to Canada for Tim Hortons alone. I'm not going to do. What do you guys do? The shuffle? Not the shuffleboard. What's that? The uh, curling. Curling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Brand new episode of DDP Radio Live. I believe next week we'll uh, talk to you soon. Have a great week, and remember, own your life, baby. See ya. Kicked it today, man. That was a great workout, man. The power bomb set up by Page. Oh! He did a diamond cutter. I don't believe it. Diamond wow. cutter out of the power bomb. We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work, and most importantly, own your life. This has been a presentation of DDP Yoga and Blog Talk Radio.